0: Hi, and welcome to Radio TFS podcast number five, Common Team System Questions. I'm Mickey Gousset, and I'm pleased to have with me both Paul Hacker and Martin Woodward today, as usual. Paul, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing very well today, Mickey. Thank you.
0: Wonderful. Martin, how about
2: yourself? I'm doing great. Thanks, Mickey.
0: So the topic for today was... Common team system questions that, that we seem to encounter when we're in different places like speaking engagements or working the experts booth at TechEd or just, you know, in my grocery store, people come up and ask me team system <laughs> questions every once in a while.
2: Yeah. So, well, here you go, here you go then. I'll, I'll ask you a question, which I, I get from everyone. You ready? What, okay. What the heck team system? <laughs> and what is team foundation server? My wife asks me that
0: all the time. Well, The the way and the way I explain it, and there's probably several different ways you could actually try to try to explain it, is that Team System is Microsoft's way of attempting to make everyone work together better on your project. So when you talk about Team System, most people say Visual Studio Team System. And when we talk about Team System, there's two aspects to it. There's a client side aspect and there's a server side aspect. And I always start off talking about the server side aspect. That's Team Foundation Server. That's an actual server piece now that ties into the whole development family. And Team Foundation Server, you know, gives you, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, all kinds of things version control, work item tracking. It's really the glue that holds everything together, it's really what provides the communication aspect and the tying everybody together. So you have Team Foundation Server on the server side, and on the client side you have Visual Studio Team System. You have the different versions of Visual Studio. Now most people have seen, you know, knew there was Visual Studio Standard. There's Visual Studio Professional. Well, now you have additions that are even higher up on the chain than Professional. You have the Team editions, which you know there's four different Team editions. There's Architecture, Development, Testing, and Database. And all four of those Team Editions have tools in them to help people do their job better. It's more than just the base, here's what you need to write code. It's got extra tools to help your developers or your testers. And then you also have Team Suite, which is all of those tools rolled into one. So when you talk about Team System, it's really this kind of ecosystem of both client-side applications and a server-side app that, when they're all tied together, allow your team to communicate better and function better and work better together.
2: Cool, good answer. Um, now, Paul, uh, Mickey mentioned there about the different, you know, the different editions of uh, a Visual Studio Team System that you can buy, you know, the um, and Team Suite. People quite often ask me, you know, for advice on which one they should buy. What What do you say to What do you say to people about that?
1: You know, it all all depends. Um, It depends on your environment. It depends on the number of people in your environment. Do you wear multiple hats, things like that? So, if you're, um, let's take the scenario of a rather large environment where you may have um, separate DBAs and and um, developers and architects and uh, testers or QA group, things like that. Um, The from the architect point of view, I mean, the architect tools have never gotten a lot of good traction. Um, But there are some good tools there. So if you're in the architecture role, the application architecture role, um, you may want to look at that set of tools. Um, They'll seem to offer you um, the best bang for your buck when it comes to TFS. Um, If you're in the developer role, that's the one that gets a little uh, iffy, depending. Um, I, as a developer, prefer the tester tools because it offers me a lot of the testing uh, abilities that um, I would want to have as I'm developing um, my software, especially my websites. Um, but again, there's a set of developer tools that is strictly geared for the developer and has things like code analysis, unit testing in there, uh, uh, and those types of things. So, um, from a development point of view, if you feel that that's your needs only, um, and you have a separate tester group, then you could give them the developer edition. And then again, the testers could have the tester edition, um, which gives them the ability to do things like web tests, uh, load tests, uh, unit tests, and uh, create their own generic tests use some tests that they already have out there in the organization uh, so they can do test case management. Um, So if you're in the tester role, QA role, I would suggest that. And then um, the DB Pro role um, would go for... Any of the DBAs or database uh, folks out there that um, want to manage and version control their databases. So the DB Pro Edition really offers a lot to that, that role. Now, that said, you may be in a more small, if you're in a small, smaller organization, like I have a client right now that they're the poster child. I call them the poster child for TFS. All their folks have a, a product called Team Suite that Mickey mentioned. They basically allow all their developers to have the whole gamut of products. So each person has the tester, the DB Pro, and the de- and the developer edition um, that they can use. Uh, so again, if you're wearing multiple hats and you decide that, oh, I need the tester tools and the developer tools, then at that point you start to look at the cost of those things and say, okay, well – the two products together cost about as much as Team Suite. Does it make more sense to just buy Team Suite for these people? Um, because at that point, you know, you're getting a lot more for your a lot more mileage for your dollar there. So again, like I say, it all 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 depends um, on who you are and what your role is, and and how segmented they are, and you know, do you wear multiple hats? So um, th- that's that's the kind of answer I would give most folks.
0: And that's a that's a good answer. That's a good answer, Paul. You've you've hit most of the basic topics there. I want to point out real quick that if we don't cover a question that you have, or you'd like to provide us any feedback or question, hit us up at radiotfs at gmail.com. You can also hit our website at www.radiotfs.com to be able to subscribe to the podcast in either iTunes, Zoom, or your podcast client of your choice. So, Martin, I have a question for you that's been that I've heard before, which is, why can't I find Team Foundation Server on MSDN?
2: Ah, well, <clears throat> this is, yeah, this is one that caused quite a bit of confusion, especially when uh, Team System first came out. Uh, Team Foundation Server, um, a little guide to Microsoft naming conventions. Um, if it's called Server, then you pay for it. If it's called services, then it's free. So Windows SharePoint Services you get for free, but SharePoint Server you have to pay for. So the, the the hint there is Team Foundation Server you have to pay for it. It's um, <laughs> a thing that Microsoft um, spend a, an awful lot of time on. Um, you know, they add to add a lot of functionality for source control and work item tracking, those sorts of things. And uh, if you were to look in the um, the marketplace. You know, the cost of TFS. What is it nowadays in dollars? What is was it, two and a half thousand dollars? I think as a just as a for a server, and then correct. about five hundred dollars per 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 user. So they have a notion of client access licenses. Um, and if you just wanted a client access license to hook into TFS from, say, Visual Studio Professional, then that would cost you five hundred dollars. But if you've got one of the Team Suite editions and you get the client access license included for free. So um, that's the main reason why it's not in tier. That's the main reason why it's not in MSDN. Previously, Microsoft did have a kind of a kind of policy that you know, if it was um, uh, a tool, then we'll, we'll we'll throw it into MSDN. You know what I mean? We'll just chuck it in there. Um, but that was they were put in there so that people could develop with them, you know, and develop against them. They weren't, they're not supposed to be there to use. Uh, there's a couple of exceptions. Visual Studio is the obvious exception. That's one you, 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 know, you use to develop things with. And Office, you're, I think you're allowed to use Office, if I remember rightly, like one, yes. one, one machine. Um, but even though I'm trying to think of an example, Exchange is installed in MSDN. It doesn't mean that you are entitled to use Exchange on a hundred servers in your organization. You know, Exchange is there so that you can develop against Exchange applications and test against Exchange applications. And so what they do is, if you've got a, um, if you've got um, one of these editions of MSDN that are premium edition that include one of a Team System, you know. One of the flavors of Team System, i.e. developer, architect or tester, or D B pro. Or you've got the Team Suite flavour of MSDN, um, which is, you know, obviously the flavour to have if you can afford it, it's definitely definitely saves hassles. Then um that comes um you can in MSDN you can download a thing called um TFS workgroup edition. Um and then you can also um you can also download trial versions of uh TFS. So yeah, that's why. So does that answer you, Does that answer the question, do you think, Mickey?
0: Yes, because I actually was going to – I had a, a follow-up to that, which you answered, which was why do I have a version of, of Team Foundation Server in my MSDN? And it's because I have – the MSDN that I get has Team Suite in it, so I have a workgroup edition of Team Foundation Server. That kind of ties into another question we have, which I'll throw at Paul, which is what is this workgroup edition of, of Team Foundation Server? And, and why? what's the point and why would I want to use it?
1: Um, okay, uh, before before I answer I want to throw one thing back to Martin on the, on the topic of why I can't find TFS and MSDN. I just received an email, actually, I just read it this morning, um, about an individual who has an MSDN subscription and wants to know why they can't find a Team Foundation server license key as part of their MSDN subscription. And I was trying, you know, I was explaining to them that they don't give the MS, the team foundation server license key as part of that. There's special circumstances where you can get one. Like if you're a partner or gold partner or whatever, and your competency is, is in line with it, you may get a license, but other than that, you have to buy it. So I mm-hmm. didn't know if there was anything there you could throw out and add to that, um, Martin, about why is it we don't have that key in there?
2: yeah basically because um microsoft wanted to make some money on it <laughs> and, okay. and um you know it provides uh, more value than they consider they're charging for it and and that's certainly been the case you know with every company i've worked on that have done tfs not i'm a developer you know i'm not to, i'm not going to justify pricing policies or things but um yeah it it's definitely um less expensive than com- comparable commercial products in the marketplace right uh, because it's at- one of
1: those few products oh, i'm sorry it's one of those few products you don't get a license key for in MSDN.
2: Yeah, yeah because if they yeah. did give you a license, then probably nobody would buy it. You know what I mean? And, and nobody right. would, uh, A lot of people would be using it by mistake, thinking that they were entitled to use it as part of MSDN, when actually they're not. And so the compromise was to have a trial version of TFS, which is you know a, the fully thing version, and this TFS workgroup edition. What is workgroup edition? You know, one of the things to make clear. Workgroup edition of TFS is a five-user limited version of Team Foundation Server. It's exactly the, the, the same as the rest of the code. Um, it's just limited to five users. Um, and that limitation is done by you have to actually put, put those five users in a group called TFS authenticated users, I seem to remember it is. Is that right, Mickey? That's correct.
0: Or valid yeah. users
2: tfs valid is right i can never remember but it's it's a bit like that and um the work group mode or work group authentication um that's that's the you know way of authenticating in windows where you don't actually need an active directory lying around and the problem is is that uh work group mode and work group edition sound awfully similar they've both got the name workgroup in again that's that's due to microsoft naming conventions really i guess um Workgroup addition can be used in an Active Directory environment. Those five users on your TFS instance, they can, all, they can all be in Active Directory if you want to. Or they could actually be another way of using doing authentication in Team Foundation Server is to just store the users in the local users and groups, you know, if your machine's not on Active Directory. Um, the, the, there's many, many downsides of that. They're a lot harder to manage, and also you have to have passwords synchronized between, like the server it has to have the same username and password as the client. So, I really, really don't recommend that. You know, for any organization of any size, so I'd strongly recommend it. TFS works a lot better when it's talking to Active Directory. Um, other things with Group Edition, it actually, um, we mentioned mentioned earlier about client access licenses. Um, with TFS. If you wanted to use TFS, you know, the full version and you um and you wanted to connect somebody who wasn't using a Visual Studio Team Suite version, then they would need a client access license. Now that with Workgroup Edition that comes free with uh your MSDN, you know, if you if you've got one of the premier MSDN versions, um that includes five users and they don't all need cows. So that's that's something to bear in mind. the 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 problem with it is, I mean, workgroup editions is it's a great way for people to get started with TFS and see if it works for them in a small team. Um, and it's fantastic for developing plugins against TFS. And you know, we use TFS workgroup edition loads to um, as little test instances of TFS um, to be able to you know test our integration works with Team Foundation Server and various other things. Um, the problem is, is that that sixth person costs an awful lot because now, now you've got to go and buy the full version of TFS and make sure you've got cows for everyone. You know what I mean? So, one to five is, you know, is included in MSN, and then that sixth person costs you. You have to go and buy the full version, which is two and a half grand, and so that's the problem with it. And the fact that people get confused because of a name. So, okay, but I hope that helps.
0: Well, that was oh, that does help. And I actually I'll just second what you say. I use Workgroup Edition a lot. Um, on my test VPCs and other things when I'm testing things out, because it's just pretty easy to to spin up and test out what you need to test.
2: Yeah, and that that's why they include, you know, that's why it's included in MSDN. You know what I mean, to help that sort of thing, and that's also why they don't include the full version in MSDN because they give you a version that you can write integrations with and develop against, which is this Workgroup Edition, rather than having to give away the free version, you know, the full version, which and then everyone might not realize they're supposed to pay for that. Exactly.
0: Now, another question that we have is Visual Studio two thousand and five and Team Foundation Server two thousand and eight compatibility. Are they compatible? Can I use Visual Studio 2005 with Team Foundation Server 2008, and are there any gotchas out there?
2: Do you mind if I jump in on that one? Is that right, Paul? Yeah, sure. Go ahead, Martin. So, um, basically, yes, they're compatible. (laughs) So, uh, Visual Studio 2005 is compatible with, you know, 2008 TFS, and TFS uh, and vice versa. So Visual Studio 2008 works great against TFS 2005. Um, there's only one area where you have to worry, um, and that's around the build stuff. I mean, we've talked about build in an earlier podcast, um, but the the build functionality was hugely improved for 2008, and, and there was... Um, uh, one of the ways he improved it is by adding a, a load of new functionality around triggers you know so you can set up continuous integration or schedule builds and those sorts of things but the the two thousand and five client just didn 't have that you know that that code in to produce the user interface for that functionality so what what we 've ended up doing is a two thousand and five client can if you 're using team build team foundation build um a 2005 client can do all the sort of stuff you want to do as a two th- as a client of the build. You know, you can check build results and um, view builds and that sort of thing. Uh, but what you can't do is create a new build. You know, and administrative tasks um, around team build 2008... Um, so what what you would need to do in, in those cases is um, a few people on the team, and there's not many, you know, it's not often you create a new, completely new build, you know. Mostly you just run them, which you can do fine from 2005. Um, so, um, yeah, you need to install Team Explorer, uh, Visual Studio Team Explorer, which is a TFS client on your, on your machine. And if you don't have a Visual Studio 2008, version installed on there already then it'll install a little you know a little shell of 2008 for you but you can run side by side just fine with visual studio 2005 but that'll allow you to administer all your 2008 uh, builds apart from that from 2005 2008 just looks the same smells the same apart from it's a bit quicker so uh, i would personally recommend that everybody you know everybody upgrades to 2008 at the earliest available opportunity tfs 2008
0: And let me point out something here that I got confused on when when 2008 initially came out, is that if you have Visual Studio 2005, Team Explorer 2008 does not integrate into Visual Studio 2005. Only Team Explorer 2005 integrates into Visual Studio 2005. And Team Explorer 2008 integrates into Visual Studio 2008. So if you're running Visual Studio 2005... And you have Team Explorer 2005 installed. You can you can access the Team Foundation Server 2008 from that version of Team Explorer 2005, but it's but as Martin mentioned, you have limited functionality in some respects as far as build goes. But you can install Team Explorer side by side to have, all, to have access to everything you need in
2: Team Foundation Server 2008. And that's actually the answer, Mickey, to a question I get asked a lot. And we, we, we hadn't mentioned it today. We weren't going to cover it today. But that's um, people install Team Suite, you know, Team System 2008. And, and they go, well, where's Team Foundation Server? How come I can't see it? And that's because exactly what you mentioned, that you can't, um, you know, that you have to install on top of Team System. You also have to install the two th- the Team Foundation Server client, which we call Team Explorer, which, um, you know, allows you to do that connection and gives you all that collaboration functionality. So. Yeah,
1: that's a great point because people get confused on that. They think it's part of it. And uh, just to chime in here real quick, that… Um, in the past, the team, the team foundation server, or team explorer was on the team foundation server install disk, which it still is. Uh, but. You can install or you can download from CodePlex both the 2005 and 2008 Team Explorer standalone tools. So in 2005, somebody pulled it out, repackaged it, and put it out on CodePlex. And then the same thing with 2008 is you can go out there and download just that. So if you can't get it on uh, the disk that has the install on it, you can actually go out and just download and install the standalone client. Um, if, if all you need to work with is even just a standalone client,
2: and also the the um, the client itself is actually um on the you know the Team Suite media now. When you get the Team Suite install DVD, there's a little uh, TFS is it or TFC I think a folder
1: TFC yeah
2: yeah yeah we and you can just double click on that and install it on top of your installation. But yeah, it's confusing for people at first. Definitely.
1: All right, so uh, on to our next question, which is, can I migrate Mickey? if you could take this one, can I migrate uh, from my SCM work item tool that I currently have, whichever one that is, can I migrate that into TFS?
0: Yes. It all depends on how much effort you want to go to. Um, There are, if you're using, say, Visual Source Safe or even even ClearCase for, like, say, version control, there were tools provided for 2005 that I'm assuming have been updated for 2008, that would migrate that information into the Team Foundation server for you. Now, some things to consider during that migration is, do you really want to migrate all the history, or do you just migrate the latest information and then set up a machine somewhere in the corner of your shop where you keep the old version of the version control system running so you can view history? And what we found, for the most part, is you want to go with that second option migrate the latest information and then keep a separate machine somewhere running that old program of the history because we were finding people that had 20, 30 gig database sizes for Visual SourceSafe and the actual conversion program would run for a week at a time and still not finish. So you you do but you do have that ability. In fact there's a, a toolkit out there, the what is it? The Team Foundation Server Migration Toolkit available on CodePlex that you can download that's supposed to help you as far as being able to write your own tools to do these kind of migrations. So the ability is there, the extensibility is there, but it's probably going to take you a little bit of time to get it to work just like you want to. And to save you some time, you may not want to try to move all of the history of an item.
2: That's a, it's a great point. I mean, people often, you know, they really sh- they really struggle with this uh, do i need my old history there and um it is a great place to be if you can you know take the moving to a new system as a point from from here onwards i'll use my new system with a current you know with with the main of, you know with our repository uh, but i won't use it for history i'll go look at my old system cuz the the number of times you have to go back to the old system get less and less as time goes by and yeah it, you can also there's lots of tends to be features depending on the source control system you're coming from that that aren't there in TFS and you have to figure out how you want to organise your repository, you know what I mean, or or there's features that are better in TFS, like sharing, for an example, with SourceSafe, people would use sharing all the time, and some people would use it for as a as a kind of poor man's version of branching. Um, which TFS supports properly, but other people would use it as kind of, kind of like a symlink, you know, in Unix terms, where they want mm-hmm. source to appear in a different place. And TFS doesn't currently support that, you know, and so they need to think about different ways of organizing that. Personally, you know, I would, I hate the use of sharing in that way because I think it's very confusing, and you're better off doing it in, you know, like a build mechanism or something like that. But anyway, yeah, I think that's great advice. The other thing I was going to mention about work item tracking stuff is, um that excel is a great tool for migrating you know work item tracking data over uh w- while there is a this great api for doing it in .NET, you can't be just exporting your old repository as a csv file somewhere and then importing it into tfs i found that to be by far like you know the easiest way i've found but i don't know what you guys think i'd agree with you there yeah yeah
1: I, I have a question on that um, that may come up, and so I'll, I'll just throw it out here. Um, mm-hmm. What if I work in, with CMMI template and I'm a CMMI certified shop and I have to pay attention to things like auditors and, and that? Um, would I want to approach that differently? Would I, In that case, would I want to migrate my history over, or um, would I want to follow maybe that same uh,
2: prescription that we just talked about? So, okay, Um I, you can whether you're CMMI or not. I don't think affects that decision. You know, I think SIMI um, is all about making sure you have control and you, you know, you, you've documented your procedures and you're following the procedures you've said you're going to follow, and that you have repeatability. You know what I mean? That's that's what SIMI is all about. And most, you know, socks and all these sorts of things, always things that people are afraid of it's just do you have a process and do you follow it and TFS is great for giving you you know helping you with your process and helping make sure you keep following it and um that you document as you go along the the decision about keeping repository history or not is more um more about are you you know do you have to pay a lot to keep that old tool lying around you know uh that sort of decision um ra- rather than uh, how much is it going to cost me to keep my tool lying around versus how much is it going to cost me to migrate history over? Is it, it, it's that's the decision you have got to make purely from a business point of view? I don't think Simmy affects it.
1: Okay, great. Well, Martin, let's um going into um, how can I use TFS then? Say if I'm uh, working with the .NET one dot one dot one or if I'm working with VB six or, for example, even Eclipse. Uh, uh, how do I how do I work with TFS now? Can I even use it?
2: Talk about throwing me up an easy question there, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we'll one um, and VB six and things. Microsoft um used to have uh, an API that people use to talk in, for talking to source controlled systems called MISCI. M S S C C I but it's pronounced MISCI. And um that was designed for SourceSafe, I think, actually. Uh, you know, and it's an API that caught on, that caught on, and and uh, other people use it as a way of you know hooking into uh, products. So various different IDE developers um, supported MISCI, um API in order to talk to a version control system. As you'd expect, Microsoft actually, um, as they invented it, they came up with a MISQI provider for Team Foundation Server. So if you're using one of the um, older IDEs, you know, like uh, Visual Basic VB6 uh, or you know Visual Studio 2003, something like that, um, they all support MISQI, and you can use uh, the MISCI provider, which is at uh, shrinkster.com/slash uh w u z was whiskey uniform zulu so um that will allow you to uh to talk to team foundation server from inside of the you know an older version of visual studio which is great and then on the eclipse side um, uh, uh, my company do the eclipse integration so teamprize.com they do that so I'll not plug that too much as a work for them. But uh, whereas the Misky provider gives you, um, you know, like basic access to source control and work I'm tracking, hopefully the Eclipse integration is a bit richer and a bit more first rate. So, yeah. I- I've got a question for you, Paul, but co- I-, I got asked just the other week at a Dublin launch. Um, what's, what's a team project? What should I, how should I size my team projects and what should be in a team project?
1: Well, that's a great question, and people um, get confused sometimes about what, a, what what a team project is versus a development solution or a development project. So, what a team project is, uh, in a nutshell, is when you create a uh, when you want to create a project in Team System that you want to manage all your artifacts with, you create what they call a team project, and a team project is based off a project template or a process template that uh, Microsoft includes a couple with Team Foundation Server, one for agile development, one for CMMI. They're completely customizable. So you have one for Scrum now and things like that. Uh, And what it does is a team project is basically all the artifacts that make up um, your 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 project. It's the SharePoint portal documents. It's the version control. It's the builds. It's the um, the um, work item tracking pieces. It's it's all of those artifacts that that you're going to work with on on a project. And a solution is just a, a development solution is just something that's part of that project that's thrown in into source control. Um, so a team project, like I said, can can just encompasses all those different artifacts it's a rather large piece uh that um you use and when you want to um, create team projects uh or what you should be thinking about i guess when you want to create a team project is um, really do i need this project because one of the things that you get with a project are every project you create is you get a, a SharePoint portal so you have to think about as you're creating projects I mean you create an initial one but going forward as you're as you're thinking about do I need to create more is what you need to think about is do I need another portal do I need another document repository do I need to manage my security separately on uh, between projects uh, things like that so do I need to have a separate uh, source control uh, tree for this project? So, for example, if I'm going, if I'm creating a team project for version one of my software, and I'm going to go to version 1.1 now, I ne- wouldn't necessarily create a team project there, as I would take advantage of the branching capabilities within Team Foundation Server to, to work with that 1.x uh, release. If I'm going through a completely different version of my product, I may choose to use a, a, a new team project where I may have a new team of people that I need to manage. I'm going to have different work items, you know, different documentation is going to be available for, the, for that. Um, and the nice thing about creating a new project when I'm going from a V1 to a V2 is a lot of times I want to be using that same code base um, to start with as I go into my V2 product. What's nice is, as part of the team project setup, is I can actually decide what do do I want to create a new source control tree, or do I actually want to branch from an existing project and use that as the base to start from in my new project? So um, I would be able to uh, then use my V1 code base as the starting point for my V2. So again, it depends on what your needs are. You need to look at, you know, um, like I say. Again, do I need separate source control? Do I need separate documentation? Do I need to manage my security separately? Um, and if not, then don't clutter up your Team Foundation Server environment with with a Team Project that's not necessary.
0: All right. Well, we're gonna have we're gonna ask one more question. I think Paul was gonna ask it of Martin. So
1: yeah. So Martin, uh, I the um, I got a question here on I deleted a file locally and TFS won't give it to me when I do a get latest. Okay, so what's that all about? What's happening there?
2: Okay, well, uh, don't do that is the first thing I would say to you. <laughs> Stop doing that. Um, Team Foundation servers heavily optimized for, you know, working in a wide area network. Um, and one of the things they do to, to minimize the amount of network traffic going over the wire is um, it uses a thing called a workspace to, to maintain you know some state about um what you've got downloaded on your local machine that way when you do a get latest it, it doesn't send it doesn't send you stuff you've already downloaded uh, not only that it you don't have to tell the server this is what i've got downloaded now give me the latest you know what i mean you can just say to the server get latest and then it, it'll give you the stuff back the problem is if you delete a file, you know, if you go into Windows Explorer and just delete a file, or if you set a file as say read write, you know, because you want to edit it but you're not sure you want to check it out, that's that's bad because TFS the server doesn't know about it and it this workspace hasn't been updated with that in. So the the problem you get into in this case is um, say you delete a file locally, you say get latest to TFS, TFS says whoa, uh, so look the latest version of the file you've deleted, foobar.txt, latest version 6, you've got version 6, oh, you don't need anything, you know, I'll not bother giving, I'll not send you anything. And that really confuses people at first that don't know that this conversation goes on between the server. In your case, to, to get to get around that, you know, if you want to just restore things back to how they were, you, do, you would right-click and you do Get Specific. And then you would say force download of files in Workspace. And they'll actually download everything regardless of whether the server thinks you have it or not. Uh, so, yeah, that's what you do there. But the reason why that happens is because they're trying to optimize, you know, the conversation. So does that make sense? Sure does. Yeah. Great. Well, hey, guys, we should probably get wrapped up. I think the uh, if people have been listening this long, they've been more than patient with us. Anything you want to mention before we finish off?
1: If you'd want to send feedback or questions, remember we have an email address at radiotfs at gmail.com. So we'd be really excited to hear what you think. Uh, Any comments, questions, suggestions, rip on us, whatever it is you need to do, radio radio radiotfs at gmail.com.
2: Okay, guys. Well, thanks very much for your time, and we'll uh, see you all next time on Radio TFS.